What's up, all you beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Just Browsing. Matthew along with Zach today, and we have another special guest that has been here about a, two months ago, probably, for a World War II episode. Within uh, like four episodes, yeah. probably. Yeah. So, Caleb, welcome back to uh, another episode. Yeah, um, thanks, guys. Glad to have you back, and today we're going to be talking about butterflies. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, you might I, know, I literally know nothing about butterflies. <laughs> Me either. They fly around. Yeah. No, we're going to be talking about the Artemis missions to the moon. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and I guess, yeah, so we got we got Caleb back um, for his second episode ever after we did that that fun World War II movie podcast, which I actually had a lot of fun recording. Um, so, yeah, welcome back, sir. Um, but I wanted to kind of kick it to you to actually start this off. So this is something that I had seen some headlines about recently but hadn't really read into it much until you brought it up to me. And it's basically, for anyone who's listening who hasn't heard of it, it's these Artemis missions that NASA just launched, I think, like three weeks ago, roughly. Um, and it's starting off with, obviously, Artemis 1 with a planned, I don't know how many they have going, but with kind of the eventual goal of colonizing not only the moon, but also eventually Mars. So I'll kick it to you to start us off because you kind of got me, you knew more about this than I did until like real recently. I, I had only like seen headlines about it and stuff. So tell me how you got interested in it yeah. and how you heard about it and stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you guys for letting me join the podcast again. It's always sure, a good man. time hanging out with you guys. So um, yeah, long story short, one of my gymnasts, her dad works for Lockheed Martin and okay. he is I don't know exactly what he does, but I know he's involved with the Orion spacecraft. Isn't it kind of funny how like anyone you know who works for Lockheed, that's kind of how it goes. It's like right. I don't know exactly what he does. He's so like I'm an electrical <laughs> yeah. engineer, and you're like, so do you so work what on spaceships? Yeah. Do you work yeah. on F-35s? They're yeah. like, like I have to kill you. Yeah, that's classified. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. So, so just nod your head. <laughs> wild. So that's what I did. I nodded my head, and I was like, cool, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. right? <laughs> And so then he started mentioning me about the Artemis One mission. And I was like, I remember hearing headlines about that, but I'm not mm -hmm. really sure what it is. And so obviously with his background and how he involved he is, um, he, him and I kind of got – we, we had a conversation about it after practice one night. And so from what I was able to justify and gather, it sounds like it is a three-part mission to try to eventually get us back to the moon – or back to Mars, rather – and Artemis 1 is the first of three phases to see how far we can take it past the moon and to see this is kind of like a test run, right? So there's mm -hmm. Artemis 1 launched on November 16th and it splashes down in the Pacific on December 11th. Yeah. And the whole <laughs> focus of this mission right now or the next couple weeks is to basically gather as much information as we can to on like a spacecraft side of things figure out what's wrong figure out tests we need to do you know there's a bunch of sensors on the spaceship and on all of the components and basically it's just kind of like a it's like a pre-flight mission if you will to yeah. take us as far as out as we can past the moon and then when we get back they're going to run all these tests and make sure that the aircraft did what it needed to do, make sure the tests are good, things like that. So that way, when Artemis 2 comes around, the goal is to take, um, I don't know what the next, Artemis 2 is to go past the moon again, and then Artemis 3 is to have manned people on the 
spacecraft to take them to the moon. So are they planning on having actual astronauts on Artemis starting as soon as Artemis 2? Or is that not like until further down the line? That would be Artemis 3. Okay. So Artemis okay. 3 is the mission where they're going to try to take actual astronauts back up into space. Artemis okay. 1 is just kind of like the test flight, make right. sure everything goes smooth. Artemis 2 is going to be like a moon landing or like a lunar landing to make mm -hmm. sure that all of that works. And then once all that happens, Artemis 3 will be like the next step to bring astronauts yeah. to the moon. And I, I was kind of reading up on, because the little link you sent me has a ton of info about specifically the Artemis 1 mission, which mm -hmm. is in progress right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like one of the main things they were trying to test, obviously, which seems like a pretty important thing to test before you start putting actual human beings in there, is like the shielding on the spacecraft for re-entry into Earth's yep. atmosphere because apparently it's going to be coming in like way faster and hotter mm -hmm. than like any other spacecraft in history. Yeah. So they're testing like not only can the heat shield withstand re-entry into Earth's atmosphere, but also that like the landing into the Pacific goes smoothly enough that we could have like human beings aboard who wouldn't be injured or killed during that whole yeah. process. So what I was reading was, and what, what, um, my, one of my gymnast dads mentioned to me was that that's main that's one of the main purposes behind this whole mission is to make sure that reentry goes smooth. And so yeah. what he had mentioned to me was that this is the fastest a spaceship has, or, uh, an Orion shuttle has ever gone before. Right now, I believe it's cruising at like, 7,500 miles an hour. When it comes into the atmosphere, it's like 25,000 miles an hour. Yeah, that's what it's saying right here. It right? said the return speed is supposed to be approximately 25,000 miles yeah. per hour, which is Could you imagine insane. going 25,000 miles an hour? Like that oh is I mean, at least death fast. is instant. Right. Like if your chutes don't open, when yeah. you hit the water, like it's just insane. Right. True. Right. True. Well, and then the other piece of that is the heat shield. So the heat shield yeah. is supposed to try to withstand a heat of, I think it's 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit. I think that's what I read. Yeah. And that's what he told me is like, that's hot. You know what I mean? It's five, really hot. Five, making sure that it doesn't burn up, you know, re-entering the yeah. atmosphere. So I know that's like one of the main components that they're trying to, because, to do right now. Because what I read too was that this Artemis 1 is to send the furthest... Um, I can't remember the exact words, but there it's like the furthest a spaceship will go that will carry humans. So that's mm -hmm. like they sent it past the moon and now they're like coming back by the moon and they're like, that's the furthest since Apollo 13 that a manned spacecraft will ever travel yep. so far. And so mm -hmm. that's what, yeah, it's like the yeah. testing part of it. They're like, right. can we survive going this far? Right. And I think too, to that point, um, I want to say it was like 248,000 miles away from earth is how far they were. 240, 240 something thousand miles. Yeah, I got it. They have some of the, so on the mission overview page, they have some of the key stats. Um, so the mission duration. So from the time they launched on, what would you say? November 16th until December 11th, it's 25 days, 10 hours and 53 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, the total mission miles, they're saying it's going to be 1.4 million miles, I guess. Oh, wow. Um, and then I was just reading about the reentry piece because I was checking on what you were talking about earlier. Um, and I think I did see, yeah, it's like, um, so one of the main mission objectives, number one, is to demonstrate Orion's heat shield can withstand the high speed and high heat conditions returning through Earth's atmosphere from lunar velocities. So they said <laughs> when Orion... 
returns from the moon, it will be traveling nearly 25,000 miles per hour and experience temperatures of up to 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit as it enters Earth's atmosphere much faster and hotter than a return from low Earth orbit. While the heat shield has undergone extensive testing on Earth and was demonstrated on Exploration Flight Test 1 in 2014, no aerodynamic or aerothermal test facility can recreate the conditions the heat shield will experience returning at lunar return speeds. Validating heat shield performance is required before crews fly in Orion, which makes a lot of sense, right? Right. I mean, like that's despite what you're going to do when you launch, despite the actual journey in space, despite any sort of lunar missions like landing on the moon and then coming back, the most important part is like, can we get people back in one piece? Mm Because obviously like on this Artemis 1 mission, if that thing comes back through re-entry coming from or the moon from lunar or, yeah or, or doesn't, doesn't then they'll know well fuck we can't have any people on this thing until we get that part ironed out because that's obviously like the most important piece of this is like we can't throw astronauts on this thing if they're going to incinerate well, so in think, the atmosphere so think on, back on to the original you know, moon like, race then when people were doing this so like yeah we sent a dog or a cat or a monkey into space yeah. and then the first humans like i think if i'm not mistaken the first human ever sent to space didn't come back they oh died. really? Yeah, and I think it was it was probably a Russian cosmonaut, but <laughs> like, it's probably Russian. It probably, but, no, cares. but I think you're right because we weren't the first people in space. Right. Yeah, we were the first true. people to the moon. Right. 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 So yeah, I, th- I like, think you're right on that. I mean, I also sit there and I go, "This looks a lot like the Apollo missions, like the Orion. Like I know there's upgrades, obviously, but like this the same concept of a spacecraft." And I'm like, that. 60 years ago, haven't we been able to make these technological improvements to change the way we go about this? Like You would think, but I, I think the key part of this, and I'm not up to date on all my like NASA history and space exploration history, but for a long time, you know, NASA was uh, severely defunded. And like there was, we kind of... There's no point. Like what are yeah, we going to do we, in space? We, we stopped a lot of our space exploration. And I think one of the cool things that excites me about these Artemis missions is that there now seems to be like a lot more interest from just the general society and the governments of the world to explore space. And this is a lot different this time around because it's not just a government-funded institution like NASA. They're teaming up with private... Mm-hmm. Companies like Boeing and Lockheed and Northrop Grumman but and all these places. I noticed that SpaceX was notably absent from the list of like because if you think about it, they've... SpaceX is the one that's <clears throat> made NASA relevant again. Right. SpaceX came in and Elon Musk is like, I'm going to start my own space company and send people into outer yeah. space. And I mean, it, it certainly. I don't know a lot about it, but it certainly seems like most of the headlines I've seen in recent years regarding space travel have all been SpaceX-related right. things, right? Well, like, because I believe no, NASA I became private, or because they were like a public Right, it was like government a government-funded entity, entity right? yeah. And then I believe they went private to stay alive. So is NASA, as of right now, a private institution, or is it a still a government-funded? I think funded it's a government Run privately funded. Interesting. I mean, let's. I'd be, be very curious to see how that works now, because I was under the impression it was kind of like NASA's still government funded and run, but they're teaming up with these private companies for a lot of well, their I mean, like Lockheed, funding right? and all that kind of stuff. Like Lockheed, they make you know they they make a lot of satellites and stuff, but yeah. it's like you can give it to NASA and right. NASA claims it's theirs, right? Or or it was built for NASA, right. but built by Lockheed, right? right? Like, right. 
you know, a fighter jets, people aren't like, it's the Lockheed Martin F-35 or whatever, right? They're just like, it's an F-35. Right. And whether it's Boeing, Lockheed, or yeah. some Used other. Used by the military, but right. built by this company. Right. They're, they're government contracts that get put yeah. out to, to build stuff like that. And Lockheed, and there's another one here in Denver. I, uh, I applied to work there, but I can't remember what it's called. But another... Um, program like that that they build satellites they yeah they work on stuff like that and it's like it's just the government contracts like the government doesn't make this stuff themselves yeah okay so reading up on it the nasa the national aeronautics and space administration so nasa is not owned by any individual or ownership group but is run by the federal government okay much like the department of education or national park service nasa receives a federal budget but it is not overseen by an appointed administrator. It is independently ran. Okay. So it's still funded by the, okay. the federal government, but it's independently ran. Gotcha. So that's so I, I had so it. It's run I had like the a understanding, right. right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. So, but that's weird to me though, because you would think that NASA and SpaceX would still link up and yeah. use SpaceX's technology. That that's why done, I was a little right? confused because, well, you to know, see them Elon, absent from this. From this because Elon, one of his biggest goals is to go to Mars. Right, or that's his big Mars. thing. But yeah. it's so it's like you think working together on stuff like this, adapting to technology. Like this isn't a space race between NASA and SpaceX. This should be, hey, let's work together and use the technology that we've built with the technology you've built. So and we can make life much easier. On that official press release that you sent me, Caleb, it's saying the lead contractors and suppliers for these Artemis missions. So for Orion, the SLS, which stands for Space... What is it again? It's I keep forgetting what SLS stands for. Space Here, Lunar it. Space. Space Launch System. Because I think the Artemis missions are made up of the Orion spacecraft, the Space Launch System, and the rocket that launches it. You know, right, because the Orion is just the the capsule for yeah. The, yeah, the capsule, right? Yeah. The astronauts. So uh, it, it's saying here that the lead contractors for all of those different components were Lockheed Martin, Aerojet Rocketdyne, Boeing, Northrop Grumman, and Teledyne Brown, and then there's Jacobs, um, and then there's also the European Space Agency is a big part of this too. It's mm -hmm. like a it's like a conjoined effort right. between the United States and the European Space Agency, I guess. So. So I because wonder, I, but well, like to go to our point just now, it's like notably absent is SpaceX. Right. I thought for sure I'd see SpaceX yeah. on that list, but, but it's uh, like, does NASA see them as a threat? Like, it's are like, they a competitor almost? I don't. But know. at the same time, like, what are you competing for? Are you competing yeah. for space, space. Like, so here, well, if the goal is to get human beings onto Mars, shouldn't we all be? Right. Like, wouldn't it be in their best interest to help each other out? I mean, I don't maybe, know. maybe it's just a little premature right now because. Here's the what's the main purpose of this Artemis One mission to gather intel on how the spacecraft yeah. goes about their job. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a bunch of sensors and tests that are being ran day by day while this thing's out there. So maybe I'm just going on a hinge here. What if it's a little premature that SpaceX jumps in right now? So once this Artemis One That's lands, then they have all of the the information that they yeah. need. So then SpaceX and NASA link up and yeah. then that's so, but, so maybe they'll too. become maybe part they'll of become, further mission, like future right. missions. But here's right. what I would say though, is SpaceX's main thing is their booster technology, right? Yeah. Where they can land their boosters. They have these very controlled, um, capsules for the astronauts. So it's more of a, if I, in my opinion, I felt if SpaceX wanted to be involved, they would build the Orion capsule or what, whatever they would call it. 
because like they build like their own rockets, S- like those SLSs, right? Yeah. The, the, the Good, right. So space SpaceX literally builds everything. So you'd think, you know, I mean, the booster technology is going to save would say billions of dollars being yeah. able to just land your booster back down and then refuel it. Make, That's you know, the coolest any, part to me about reading about all the SpaceX stuff is how they're able to like reuse. Yeah. Have you watched parts. the landings? Over? It's amazing. It's, it's just like it's mind blowing. Right. It's like when you watch that, you're like, I did not think human beings were capable of doing that. Because like previously, we were able to, and I'm not discounting like the ability to do this because this is like a feat of science and engineering in and of itself to launch a rocket into space. But like you watch any previous mission, and like the rocket gets launched from the ground into space, and we're just the whole way just discarding shit, letting it fall. Right. There's it's no reusing waste. of any of that stuff. But mm-hmm. then SpaceX comes along and is like, why don't we reuse some of this why shit? Why don't we learn to land And they're it. literally able to just take it and go, and land it right back down on a fucking target on a pad. And it's like, I had no idea we were uh, able to do on that. On a That's drone so cool. run barge in the middle of the ocean, they Amazing, can land a dude. drone run booster rocket. Like, I see falling. shit like that, and I read about like what we're doing with this Artemis one and especially what the plans are for future missions. And I'm like, we're living in like a science fiction movie, like this type of stuff. I think this is why I try and not get too bogged down in like, ah man, like the world's fucking ending. Like everything's going to shit. Cause like while there's simultaneously really bad things happening in the world, this type of stuff's happening. And I feel like it's kind of like, our responsibility as citizens to talk about this kind of stuff more because it's like, guys, there's a lot of really exciting shit that we're doing right now mm-hmm. that's so fucking cool and so positive. Right. That it's, it, you know, if you think I've, about that stuff more, it's like you focus less on all the negative things that are happening. Yeah. This stuff, like, I've, doesn't it just turn on like that imagination it, part it, of your brain, like yeah. that, that sense of wonder of like, holy fuck, dude, we're going into space and we're going to land on the moon and try and go to Mars someday? It, like, it, that's it, fucking it crazy. It does, but at the same time, you sit there and you go, we landed on the moon in what, 67, I yeah, think is what it was. Yeah. And you're like, we haven't been back because there's no point. And then you're like, what's the, I mean, it's cool. Like, like if you take a step back, right. And you, you figure out what's important on earth, going to Mars is really not that important. It's fascinating. It's awesome. I would love to go. We all love to go. Right. But it's like, is that really important? Because I'm never going to go to Mars. Well, I think that's, I think that's a long way. A lot of, a lot of the arguments for a lot of the defunding that's happened with NASA over the last couple of decades is like, people are like, Hey, look, we got our own fucking problems here at home. Why are you guys blowing billions of dollars shooting rockets into space when it's not right. doing anything for homelessness or fucking whatever? Or which a is like made virus that just killed millions. Which of is people. like That's a totally valid point. totally valid points. Right. But I think what Elon Musk's you know his whole mission is to get a colonized a human colony on Mars, and I think his point is. Look, if you understand anything about like the history of our universe and the formation of our solar system. The fucking Earth has gotten bombarded by asteroids and and any sort of other like volcanic eruptions or earthquakes or tsunamis or whatever throughout time, ice ages, anything like that, that at any moment if that happens and the human race is only on one planet Earth, that's it. We just get wiped wiped out. So his thinking is like if we expand to other planets – you're what you're doing is you're giving the human race a chance to – it like survive some sort of cataclysmic event on one planet if we colonize our solar system, which sounds like a really sci-fi idea, but it's like we're kind of 
capable of doing that almost you know what i mean like we're, we're, we're what we're we seeing right now is where like, we think we're capable yeah and it's I like mean, we need to push what, the limit of what like we what these this is what gets me so excited about the artemis missions is like what we're seeing right now is the rudimentary stages of eventually colonizing other planets in our solar system like that's right. what this means yeah which is really fucking imagine cool. being the one that's like they're like hey we're colonizing pluto and you're like ah I need to bring my jacket. <laughs> are, are you sure that that's the... Mi- you, think no. my North, you think my North Face jacket would, would <laughs> yeah. hold up on Pluto? Are you, are you sure you don't want to send me through a black hole? You guys want to send me to Pluto? They're like, do you want to go through a black hole? It's like, I'd rather go through a black hole than Pluto. I wonder how long it would even take you to get to Pluto. A well, while. That's long what I'm saying. Time, I mean, I think. if you think about it, though. So uh, this is a, what, 25-day mission? Yeah. And they just they launched November 16th, and I think they hit the farthest point November 28th. So it yeah. took it took twelve days to travel. I want to say it was. The, oh, I just read it. Two hundred and forty eight thousand miles away yeah. from Earth. I mean, that's, that's so that's just slow, to though. our moon. That's which just, is like the closest celestial object. No, that's that was past the moon. Right. right. But, but what I'm saying is like compared to Earth. Oh yeah, compared the, to the, Earth, that's the closest celestial object we could go to, and that right. still took however many days. Yeah, twelve days to get to. Right. But I mean, in relative terms, that's really not that long. Like, yeah, three months time to get to Mars. You're like, holy shit, you're gonna be just going through nothing and a lot can go wrong yeah but in reality you're like it's only three months though we're acting like we're going to another galaxy that's going to take us right. 12 years but i mean i th- we could probably look it up and see how far away they all are but like let's say we eventually start hopping from planet to planet like how long does it take to send a human to pluto it's probably years if i had to guess yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, mean I, I, I don't, so. I don't know how it's, far away, but it's insanely far away, right? Like if on like a mass production too, because right. I mean, if you think about it, like this is only going to be able to hold three astronauts, exactly. Yeah. So three people out of the almost eight billion the we 8 have billion, on the yeah. planet, it's going to take a while. We're going <laughs> to get all of us there, you know? right? So, um, so it'd take nine years and five months. There you go uh, to get to Pluto. Okay. But that, then again, that was the New Horizons spacecraft that was launched in two thousand and six. So it's one of those things like it depends where our booster technology is when we get there. Yeah. By the time we land on Mars, it could be 2030 or 2040. Where are we with this booster technology or with yeah. like a cryo sleep or, or, or whatever right, like right. that? Like if you could sleep for nine years and three months, you wake up for two months and you're like, hey, we're almost to Pluto and I haven't aged because I just slept for nine years. And then yeah. you turn back around and there's just a big fireball because Earth blew up and you're like, <laughs> oh. Can you imagine the... Uh are we there yet? Ness of oh, going God. to Pluto. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Fucking a. We've well, been you know this even capsule like worse? for forever. Could you imagine like so that there's like a animated video out there of like being on the moon and you like turn around to like look at Earth because that would just be a fascinating view. Oh, and they just show like an asteroid hit Earth and you just see the Earth Everything explode and you're fucked. like, that actually. Uh, I had a picture like, here. Well, I guess I'm never going home. Well, I I assume if Earth was hit by a big enough asteroid that it, you know it blew. Earth up more or less. The moon would also the moon be would fucked, probably yeah. get because they're tied together. We're, we're, yeah, we're tied together in our in our gravitational pulls. And but. speaking of asteroids hitting the Earth, off topic, but another great discussion for another time. There is believed to have been a meteor shower like twelve thousand years ago that just absolutely decimated the Earth, and there it is believed that like the ancient Egyptians are replicating earlier civilizations, more advanced oh, civilizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That 
you just we, we more or less the, started over. Yeah, that, that you just listen to the Graham Hancock and Randall yeah, Carlson we, part. That that was we got to talk about that. That's fucking so fascinating. So cool. So cool. That's for a different podcast. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that I thought was really interesting specifically about Artemis 1 was the fact that they have so many sensors and different kinds of things, like different tests, if you will, being brought onto this spacecraft. So Orion obviously is like the capsule, and that's what this this gymnast dad worked on. And he was telling me that... Okay, so he actually worked on he, the Orion capsule. The capsule, yeah. Is he an engineer of some sort, I'm assuming? Yeah, okay. I, I you think don't really know. No, he's, like, he's, okay. I know he's a mechanical engineer, but okay. I don't know exactly what his title was when it came to working on this capsule. Interesting, okay. But he probably worked on like a little piece he, that's like the size of your chapstick. Maybe, but it's like, I don't know. If that thing falls, they die. Right, right, right. But I know he's been to Florida. He's worked on it. Like, that's so The whole thing. And so... Basically, what he was telling me was, I thought this was super interesting. Well, there's two things that I thought was super interesting. First thing was, was that in movies and which just generalized fiction, you think of like an Orion's, like a the capsule of just having, or like a like an airplane cockpit, just oh, yeah. millions of buttons, right? Yeah, yeah. He was like, this thing could fly without zero buttons if we wanted it to. Well, that's the the and SpaceX like, capsule doesn't have yeah. any buttons. It's all touchscreen, and yeah. they can all be controlled from right. command center. And, and this is what he said. He said from a astronaut standpoint and from a mental standpoint, they had to put buttons in there so that an astronaut down the road would feel more comfortable like clicking something when well, they sure feel like they have some sort of control, control right yeah. that makes sense right it's like and a psychological thing. yeah and then the other piece that i thought was really interesting was that the capsule is loaded with two dummies and snoopy like the little it's like okay. a little snoopy like a stuffed animal snoopy and okay. two dummies and i don't know what company created these like fake dummies but they're supposed to replicate the human body and there's somewhere i think i think he said somewhere along the lines of like a thousand sensors on these dummies oh fascinating that determines like how far the g-force and like the radiation and like the stressors it puts like on the human body so i think that's another test that they're trying to run that part's really interesting i hadn't read that yeah imagine you hit the water and their backs just like compress and they just snap their spines right everyone's like yeah the the, the doctors looking at it are like yeah that was a human spine that person's dead right but like that's why yeah that's why they're testing that does right. because again you need to know that you need yeah. to know that yeah. and it, i think it's just so wild that people way smarter than i am are able to think of these all these different scenarios that can happen oh yeah and they're able to test for that in well, this and 15 day mission or whatever yeah absolutely well and think about there's probably a whole company and industry that works on the technology of just that part of it, mm-hmm. of like the little fake human bodies that sit in the cockpit with all right. the well, sensors. I mean, you got to think like even just like those a are, car crash. Yeah, they put them in exactly. Stuff yep. That's exactly where I was just going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shit. Or like, yeah. How about a fighter jet? You know, they they strap them to the the jet engines and, and see what the G force yeah, is yeah. when they're just sending them down a railroad. Like, right, right. They're like, can a human survive this? And exactly. Like, well, no. This guy's neck broke when you started the jet. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's or not or like you know, a human would have blacked out if this happened. So you can't have someone right. trying to pilot something at that level of G force. And that's it's one of the things that's like fascinating, but also kind of frustrating if you think about like human beings have we have the capability to build this like fantastic technology and especially like propulsion systems and all this kind of stuff. But like, we're almost limited by the strength and the frail, uh, the really the frailty of the human body. Cause right. it's like, you can't just we're limited by nature. Exactly. What we've it's it's yeah. like, we can't change 
Well, not yet. Maybe it's someday, but we can't change our, our own now. biology yeah. to make our bones denser or to make our blood oxygen circulation better or whatever may be that's being hampered by launching someone at X speed. I mean, you know, at, at a certain point, you have to start considering like, okay, well, we can launch this rocket this fast, but a human being's body literally can't handle that. Right. So but what? how so do we work around though, that? imagine if you're the one that creates a suit where you're like, you know, like a spacesuit, right? It's literally built for you to go into space and survive, like yeah. a spacewalk, right? That's where, you know, space is just oxygen that, you know, we could go into space and walk around. Oh, yeah. Okay. So for anyone listening, Matt, before we started recording, oh, it's a fun was going off on theory. some fucking conspiracy theory about how people think space is actually not a vacuum and you can actually just it's take just your like helmet oxygen. off and there's oxygen everywhere. I said the solution to that would be send some of the conspiracy theorists into space and have them take their helmets we off. We should put flat earthers with them yeah, so yeah. they can see that the earth is true. So we'll flat. kill two birds with one stone. We'll, we'll be like, hey, the earth's also not flat, and you're going to die when you take that helmet off. I don't think will come back unless they <laughs> We could do all of them, on. which in turn would lower our population, which means getting us there from go. here to Pluto would be yeah, less. Yeah, makes because it easier. We less people. Less fucking dummies now to Now we take. only need to open this, the caps up to four people and see, not See, we got it figured out. We, we need to have a meeting with NASA. We got it yeah, all figured out. I'm going to call this gymnast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, hey, we need to set up a meeting. <laughs> Let's go. We have some notes. <laughs> right. We have some notes. He's like, yeah. <laughs> you guys should just sit the next couple plays out. Yeah. Oh, man. So I just read up on it. So I, I was incorrect. So the Artemis 1 is only a flight test. Right. Artemis right. 2 will actually be manned, but they're going to fly around the moon and come back to Earth. So it's a Artemis 2 is a basically step-for-step step recreation of Artemis 1 just with astronauts. With astronauts. Okay. And then okay. Artemis 3 is when we plan on landing on the moon. Do we know the, the dates on when they're estimating they're trying to get those done? 2024 and 2025. Yep. That, that's just... That's so Artemis 2, 2024, Artemis 3, 2025. That, yep. I'm not going to lie, I was, and I was telling you guys before we started recording, I look at some of those timelines, I'm like, that's really aggressive well, yeah, timelines. I mean, think about if you land the Orion and it's going 25,000 and it burns up in the atmosphere, you're that's more or less start. I mean, okay, you like, have the key components of what the, right. you know, the capsule's built with, but you've got to almost start back at square exactly. one with your heat shield. It's like which back is, to the drawing board. If of you're like, like if okay. this doesn't work, there's no point in even trying exactly. mission two. Because we're not going to burn up human beings if we know they're not going to make it back right, through the right. atmosphere. Like, but so then it becomes: what kind of calculations must you do to change things, right? Because it's all let's be real; it's all math. Yeah. And yeah. if one number's wrong, you know, yeah, they probably have five hundred people checking the numbers, and they're like, yeah, that's what we got. But it's like if one guy comes back, he's like, this is what I got, and I think yeah. this is the right one. Yeah. But four ninety nine and say no, and that one guy was right, but they went with the four ninety nine. <laughs> You could have a space well, disaster. Um, that reminds me of that movie. You I was just going to say what? Hidden Figures. Hidden That's figures, exactly yeah. kind of the story of Hidden Figures is like back in those days. I mean, I'm sure most of it now is done with computers and AI algorithms and all that kind of stuff, checking the math. I mean, I'm sure they have people working on it as well, but it's like we're beyond needing just human calculations at this point. But that was kind of the story of that movie of like they were checking the – there's all these like math brainiacs checking the math on this mission and it's like you don't get anywhere without these numbers working because it's like, you, you, you know, a mathematician and an engineer can sit there and tell you like, you guys can say you want to do this all you want, but 
the laws of math and gravity and all these other things say that's not physically possible. Right. So here's what we have to adjust before that right. happens. And it's literally people doing like, like hand-by-hand calculations. It's as, as simple, and I say that in a non-simple nature, but it's as simple as the trajectory of how this space shuttle will be re-entering the atmosphere yeah. can determine so much. And it's like... Mm-hmm. Or how cold did the, the, you know, like going back to Apollo 13, right? How cold are the parachutes? Are they blocks of ice that aren't going to melt on reentry? Mm-hmm. And you're just going to slam into the ocean? Like, okay, here's a different point. How far deep down do you think if you're going 25,000 miles per hour, do you think you get in the ocean? Like if there was no parachute like no slowing parachutes. you down, you I mean, just came in at 25,000 miles You got to think though, nothing's breaking the water friction. So you're more or less just hitting solid ground at that right. speed. Yeah, you're going to obviously go deep, but it's like... Well, because they say even like if you jumped off of the Golden Gate Bridge and hit water, it's like it's slamming into concrete. Okay, I mean, so here's another the, off of you. I'm piggybacking off of you because this just came to mind just now. What happens when we travel at 25,000 miles an hour straight into without parachutes slowing us down? Like, let's just say if something fails and all of a sudden this capsule hits at 25,000 dollars, 25,000 miles an hour. Into the coast of California, what does that do? Does right. it cause a tsunami? Does That's it cause, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, how does that affect? I mean, well, okay, so here's a question too that, and uh, you know, obviously we're just like non engineers we'll, we'll talking just keep about asking this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's, this question. Um, so obviously they're coming in at 25,000 miles per hour, but is that like before they get through the atmosphere? Like, how, how much does the Earth's atmosphere slow them down? Like, by the time they're like actually through the atmosphere coming down from the sky like how fast are they going i don't think it's gonna be i mean i I think that's something that they're testing right i think that's like like is the 20 is the twenty five thousand miles per hour estimate before they hit the atmosphere or is that like Mm. we're saying that's how fast they're going even after they get that doesn't even seem possible to for that a parachute would slow something down from twenty five thousand miles per hour down to a a safe enough right landing for a human being it has to be like pre-atmosphere right but realistically what's gonna slow i mean twenty-five thousand is fast seven thousand is fast yeah yeah. so what's realistically gonna happen no matter like is it gonna be slowed down eighteen thousand miles per hour just going through the atmosphere like that's why i would i would be curious it's gonna be to know that when they go through and land it if if they start out 25 and they're like hey we just landed at twenty-one thousand miles per hour you know we're safely right i'd be like that would be a really quick ride. Like <laughs> you're like burning up and all of a sudden you're just like, you're like, Oh, I'm in the water. Like, yeah. Cause I mean like how fast does, you know, I, this is what I remember from physics classes, you know, gravity is 9.8 meters per second squared or whatever. Right. So how fast does like a normal object from, I don't know, 30,000 feet fall like a, a human being's I mean, body. Just, how it's, it's what mass, how many miles per hour is, are you going? Not, anywhere close to a thousand miles per hour let alone twenty five thousand miles per hour okay right? here like, we go perfect i just got the answer right here it's on the app that i told you guys to download <laughs> <laughs> caleb's just throwing a little shade like i'm, I'm prepared right you guys uh, don't have the app downloaded orion's parachute system uses 11 parachutes that will slow the orion crew oh, module man. during the last part of earth re-entry from 324 miles an hour to 17 miles an hour at splashdown. Okay. Okay. So, so they're it going like the 25,000 miles per hour is like before they moon, probably, yeah. yep. it's probably the moon slingshotting them back yeah. towards earth. And then they obviously will slow down. So the earth's and, atmosphere slows it down dramatically. Right. But imagine it doesn't 
Let, let's play the scenario <laughs> out that it doesn't. Well, so that's the thing that like when you learn about the reason why you look up at the moon and you see craters all over it is because it has no atmosphere. So the the same sort well, of it has this little atmosphere. Yeah, like the, the same sort of at, the asteroids or meteorites or whatever you want to call them that burn hit, up through our yeah that atmosphere. that burn up through the Earth's atmosphere just slam right into the moon right. and just leave these gigantic craters. So if we didn't have that atmosphere, same thing would be happening to us. So then, okay, now now. Changing it to mm. Artemis three here. If you're on the moon and you're thinking about that though, you're like, look at all these fucking craters. There's right. nothing to protect us. That's actually a really and good point. And all of a sudden, you I, get like NASA's like, there's a meteor shower on the way, and you're yeah. like, what? Take, and take like, cover <laughs> under your little fucking tarp and metal dome. Yeah. Good, good luck. luck. <laughs> Best of luck, sir. Well, we'll try and find your bodies yeah. with Artemis nine. I mean, that's a really good point because I'm, I'm sure you know uh, astronomers have studied this, but like, do we know how many? asteroids have hit the moon in the last x amount of year like do they study like when was the last impact there does it happen semi-regularly or is it like one was a ten thousand years ago and there hasn't been one since like i don't know they're more worried no about shooting there. a rocket to turn an asteroid away from hitting that's Earth. true because you know you, the reason why i'm on this train of thought is like you just brought up like let's say everything goes smoothly we launch we go all the way to the moon it's artemis 3 or whatever We've built this little lunar because that's another piece I wanted to get to. I think they're gonna build this little lunar a lunar module space station that they're gonna like land on and then launch their their missions to the moon surface from that thing. We'll get to that in a second. But like, let's say all that goes smooth, we're setting up a colony on the moon, and then a fucking asteroid just slams into the moon and fucks all that up, wipes everything out. Like, is that a pot? Like, how often does that happen? I mean, is I'm that sure like, it's obviously a possibility because it has no atmosphere, right? So, I mean, right. we could have all this whole colony set up there, but until there's a way to deflect asteroids out of the way, well, if you, one of those is coming, it just ruins literally everything. You got to think too. There could be an asteroid that's the size of a grain of sand. Exactly, and, and that's you what wouldn't I mean. know it, like, right? Like, and it, you know, because I've, I was, I don't. know. I can't remember who it was, but it was an astronaut. And he goes, there could be an asteroid the size of a grain of sand. When you're on a spacewalk, that hits you. You you couldn't. You'll never see it coming. And, and it then goes you're just right dead. through. It everything. just goes yeah. right through you. Like it'll just rip you to shreds. Yeah. And then it'll just continue on because you're not going to be. A, you know, you're not big enough to stop it. And it'll yeah. just continue on until the atmosphere is just like. Pfft. Right. And it never existed, but you just got. You know. Yeah. So. That's dude. But what how a, do you stop shit like exactly? That? How do you prevent that? That's another terrifying thought of like say you're able to wrap your head around all the other dangers of space travel. But like, let's say we've made it to the point where we we have this moon colony, we're launching to Mars and you're on, you're in a spacecraft on your way to Mars. And again, something like that, maybe it's the size of a golf ball just comes ripping through your fucking spacecraft and destroys everything. The whole thing implodes and you all die. Well, I mean, that's like, uh, like passengers, that's, right? They have right, that shield right. around it. That And the shield starts the, failing and right. things get through and it's like shredding their spacecraft, basically. Because that, that's serious fucking issues if that happens. Right. Like, right. But like which at is, the same time now, like how do you... How do you it's, it doesn't have to be a big asteroid. Like you said, it could be the size of a quarter or something. And it could just come ripping through everything because it's traveling at a billion miles an hour or however fast those things fucking go. It's just going to rip like, through think, think any about, material. I mean, know? think about like the space station right now, though. I mean, I don't know if they're lucky that they haven't been fully, point. you know, wrecked by something like right. that, or it's if they're point. not far enough out in the atmosphere to where like they're still protected right. by X amount. Yeah, but it's like because I, I think once you leave a certain marker in the atmosphere, they're like. This is point of no return. Now like you're something in danger goes of wrong, getting hit by something. Yeah. You are more than like, like you're not just you turning, right? You got to like yeah. 
turn. Like you're not just whoop. I'm coming yeah, home. Right. Or like, it isn't exactly a quick process. Like, yeah. hey, there's a meteor shower. And you're like, well, I got to keep going into the meteor shower right. before I can turn around. Yeah. And they're like, good luck. We'll tell your family you love them. That's scary shit. That man. is, man. I, uh, you guys put a whole new... I'm scared to go to space. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to go to space. Here, here's a, I'll, I won't take us too far down a rabbit hole, but here's a question for you guys. Would you rather explore space or the bottom of the space. ocean? Because I can see around. Given me. the choice. You've asked me this question before, and I... Because they I mean, both have their they do. unique dangers, and they're both very scary. Both I, to be honest with you, a lot of... The, I would like to explore space from a safety standpoint. Yeah. But from an exploration standpoint, I'd like to explore the bottom of the ocean. Oh, that's fair. That's like, fair. from for knowing that I can be somewhat safe and knowing what's yeah. around me, definitely yeah. space. But, like... If I had the opportunity to go to the bottom of the ocean and say, fuck it, if I die, cool. At least you see some cool shit. At least I see some cool shit. I would like to go down to the bottom of the ocean. But that's the thing, though, being in the bottom of the ocean, you probably won't see cool shit. It'll just be blackness. It'll it'll just be straight darkness. And then all of a sudden, some megalodon will just be like, (laughs) (laughs) and that's it. Like, they're like, what happened to him? And they're like, we don't know. Yeah. Right. I would pick space. Yeah. It, as scary as space is, I'm more fascinated by it than I am the ocean. And I mean, the ocean freaks me out. If, I have a little bit you, of a fear of the If ocean. you ever go to the ocean and you like jump in the water and you're I mean, you gotta be pretty deep to do this, but you look down and you can't see anything below I mean that I I've really jumped into probably out. like hundred and fifty feet of water or something, so I could see the ocean floor. But there were like seven foot fish swimming around me and I mean it was fun, right? I, I didn't have a problem with it. But it's like if I couldn't see below me but they're like hey you could see like 700 feet below you and you're like i don't know though i can see my toes but yeah. what's beyond my toes i can't see and then all of a sudden something's just like <sighs> yeah we we talked yeah. about this when we had our episode a long time ago maybe even like two years ago at this point about the ocean right. and I, I have a real fear of like looking down into because as you get deeper and deeper and deeper it's just dark you can't see right. And I, my imagination just places big, scary things with teeth and tentacles down there, and that it just, it, I have a real fear of that. So I think the space, space aspect is like it's more of like, if I die, it's going to be through oxygen deprivation, or I'm going to freeze to death, right. or but then I could just go float whatever. Off. Like I said, then an alien yeah. race can be like, hey, let's try and you Swoop know. You re- up. Well, and, and I they- also think that you know, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but like astronauts who have gone to space have talked about the life-changing oppor- or the, the way their total perspective on life changes by looking back at the, at the earth, earth from space. Mm-hmm. I think having that would be like a transcendent life experience that very, very, very few humans get. And it, oh, you yeah, would, to it that would, extent. It would fill you with this. For me, it would fill me with this sense of like peace yeah. and like tranquility of like, Oh yeah, like our problems actually aren't that right. big of a deal. Like well, when, when you're down on you earth, realize, it's hard like, to. I'm like, really nothing compared. Yeah, I'm to nothing. What I live to on. me, like, I find that comforting. I know some people probably have a sense of existential dread when they think about that, but I find it comforting. It's like, right. well, but then think of it the opposite way. If you go into the deep dark depths of the ocean, right, and it's just you in darkness, you're like, I'm literally alone down here. Yeah. Like even if you're with somebody or, or multiple people, same in space. So you could be like, I'm alone up here. If something happens to me, you know, I die alone. But if something yeah. happens to you down there, you die alone. Like, but you're surrounded by darkness. You're not like it's not beautiful. You can see right. the sun and the stars and planets and like, stuff. Like, there's at least have cool you seen shit. Space Cowboys. 
Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the nothing, Clint Eastwood one, nothing right? realistic with space. Yeah. But he's like, I'm dying from cancer and he somehow lands on the moon and then he, you know, he dies sitting on the moon next to some moon rocks, just looking at Earth. Like so that would cool. be very a peace, a very peaceful way to die. Yeah. But like being down in the depths of the ocean, you're just like, it's just dark and scary. Like and if you reach your <laughs> hand right. out and you touch something, right, and then it moves, you're like, oh god. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you guys this question then, and then we can, because this is going to kind of lead into the next topic. Between the space and the ocean, what do you think is going to get discovered more of the fastest? Well, we already Ooh, know more about space question. than we do about our own oceans. But the yeah. thing is, I think there's more... Space is going to take longer to explore be- because it's so vast. Like, it takes you six months to get to Mars, and that's just getting there. Right. But then again, the ocean is like, it's so vast and deep in places that we don't have the technology to survive the pressure. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a space ocean race of like, that's actually a really good question. And I, it seems kind of almost odd to me that we have the technology to send people into space almost easier than we do to send people to the very bottom depths of the ocean just due to the pressure situation. Like there's that that one factor alone is a huge limiting factor of being able to explore because mm-hmm. like really without that I mean we probably would have explored every nearly every inch of the ocean had that not been a factor but it's a pretty fucking important factor it's like we can't right. send anything down there without but it getting crushed like right. a coke can you know it's like it's also how do we explore when we can't get down there you physically. also have to think though like a boat doesn't travel at seven thousand miles per hour yeah so. At some point when you're out in the ocean, you go, we're almost out of fuel. We got to refuel. Yeah. And then it takes you, you're like, we, you know, I don't know if there's any ships in the world that can go to like the furthest point from man and back without being like, we need fuel. So then it becomes another one of those, our limitations are more of a technological standpoint to get in the ocean. We have the sonar, we have everything to discover it, but they're like, yeah, we discovered like 11 new I think it's like 11 new species like a month or a year or something in the ocean that they're discovering. And it's like, how are we still discovering shit? And they're like, well, we're now at like 10.4%. Right. And it's like, what about space? They're like, well, space is, but space is nothing right now. The way I look at it is like, one is exploring our future Mm -hmm. and one is exploring our past. Because if you think about- That's a good way to put it. The ocean, think about how much of human and earth history is buried and unaccessible due to the ocean right a lot of it right. probably i mean 70 percent of this planet is but water we it's don't just covered know in water. because we don't know what's in the that's ocean. that's what i mean and we can't but and that's all our past so think about how much knowledge about the history of this planet and the history of our species we could unlock by being able to explore the oceans but space is like exploring what is the future of humanity where right. are we going because it's really like you hear it's like the Star Trek quote, space is the final frontier. Once we've explored everything on Earth, where is left to go? Right. Go out in space. Yeah, go start it's, exploring out it's there. It's infinitely vast. Like if you're an explorer and you want to push boundaries, that's the place to go because you literally could spend the rest of your days exploring space and not explore a fraction of a fraction of you think what's out right. there to explore and Do you see. think there's ever going to come a time, though, at least in our lifetime, where the whole Earth has been fully explored, where people can be like, we know 
No, not necessarily I don't think everything. So. Like but our we lifetime know, or right, like, like human civilization. I mean, hopefully lifetime. by the time human civilization's over, we've understood Earth to a certain extent. Like, I don't think in our lifetime. I don't think so either. I think but I mean, think right? Much. Like, think about that. People are now finding new civilizations that they didn't believe existed in the Amazon because yeah. of deforestation. Yeah. But then they're like, right. it's not necessarily deforestation because none of these are natural Amazonian plants. These were planted by. What we are now discovering is another civilization. They're like, you know, I think we've talked about it that the Amazon is the world's largest garden because a lot of, like, it's like 90% of the plant species there aren't native to the Amazon. And so it's like, so you're telling me a man made, I mean, the largest rainforest in the world is man made by an ancient civilization that we didn't even know about until people are yeah. now starting to find it with a new technology. Yeah. It's like what? LIDAR. LIDAR. Yeah. And it's like, so. What are we going to learn about this civilization then? Because we're st- we still don't know, know how the fucking pyramids were made. I guess the encouraging thing to your point is that maybe within our lifetimes we do see a tremendous amount of knowledge gained about the history of human civilization. Because if you look at like in just in the past five to ten years, how much we know now versus how much we didn't know in the prior however many hundred years people have been studying history. So like the rate at which we're discovering things seems to be increasing dramatically. But what I was thinking before we came over here to start talking about these Artemis missions is do you guys think, I mean, I know NASA has their timelines, right, for this kind of stuff, which to me seemed like really aggressively ambitious, but I don't know anything about it, so they could be onto something. Do you think within our lifetimes we see humans not only land on Mars, but start to colonize Mars? I think, I think, yes. I, I think landing on Mars in our lifetime, yes, given the next three missions go right. right. to see how these go. Like yeah. if, because this, this Artemis mission is like the, the centerfold of yeah, everything it's a, it's else, key, right? Yeah. It's, this is like the key mm-hmm. step to making right. the next big moves, right? Yeah. And so I, if this goes well, if this if they can work out the kinks and make sure everything does ran, run smooth, I think late in our lifetime, like I think late in our lifetime, we'll, yeah. we'll see people on Mars. See, I agree. That's, I I'm kind of I'm hopeful, and I think we'll see that. I say point. colonize no, but yeah, but like but, someone but land some, there, a human being a human will, putting will their foot, foot on, on the Mars surface in of Mars. Our yeah. Lifetime, yeah. yeah, I, I could I just, see that. Yeah. I think there's. Way too much we have to figure out first. Yeah, there's a lot of variables. This, the whole colonization type. Because to me, a colony would be, we're sending up 50 people. Two of them are astronauts. And they're the ones in charge of getting these people to Mars. Mm-hmm. And then the 50 people are going to be the, the colonizers, the, the, you know. Yeah. The, the pilgrims coming this, over, right? Set, yeah. They're supposed well, to set up the city yeah. and, and get the food, get get like a civilization type yeah. system built. Because you got to think about how many people with specific skill sets are required to start a civilization. Right. A lot of different right. skill sets. And, and think of the materials too, All right? the materi- raw it's, materials you need, yeah. Depending on the Mars atmosphere, right? Or like if people truly think that we need to nuke the poles to try and get an atmosphere built because of the radiation and the heat and stuff, you don't want to nuke and try and build an atmosphere when people are like, hey, we're on our way. They're like, yeah, but there's a nuke going to fly over your head yeah. soon. Hang like, on, we're about to nuke the poles. And, I mean, I think there's a lot more that needs to be... I mean, we still don't know that much about Mars. We still need to figure out, like, is it even possible? Do, um, Real quickly, I want to kind of tell you guys... 
and I should look up this dude's name because I I heard this years ago. And anyway, I was I was driving around in my dad's truck years ago, and he had like talk radio on, and they were interviewing this guy who was kind of an he was an older gentleman, starting to get a little bit older, but his life's mission was to be an astronaut included on one of these missions that was going to eventually colonize Mars. This was probably we were in high school, so this is like ten plus years ago. And this guy was so things have probably come a lot further since then. But he was telling his whole life story about how like when he was younger and he was because there's a lot of like physical fitness required to be an yeah. astronaut. They need to make sure you're physically going to survive the travel, like regardless of how smart you are. Just right? have a heart attack on. Like, yeah. Like launch. they can't have they can't be just throwing regular old like 85 year old people on there because they're at health risk of right. not surviving. So he was and saying, you, when, you can't just open a door and be like, yeah, yeah, like, good luck, sir. Um, but he was saying when he was younger and he was physically fit enough to go, they said he didn't have enough expertise in whatever these fields were. And so he said, okay. And he went back and he got like a two PhDs in something. So he's like, he goes back, goes to school for another six or eight years, whatever it is, comes back. And then they were starting to tell him, oh, well, now you're too old. Now you're physically not going to be fit for this trip and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, it was really fascinating hearing his whole like, cause he spent his, he's dedicated his entire life to this pursuit, right? Well, he was talking about, they were asking him about, okay, let's say your NASA determines you're mentally and physically fit and, and you're, you're, you basically deserve a spot on this mission to colonize Mars. Are you prepared for, cause he was explaining how it's a one way trip. Essentially. They said, are you're you mentally prepared for that? And he was saying, yeah. He was saying he's basically had conversations with his wife and he's got like kids and grandkids. I may be remembering a lot of these details incorrectly, but he was saying basically he's had the conversation with his family saying like, this is what I've wanted to do my entire life. It's my dream. And if I get to go on this, I'll never see any of you again. I'll be on Mars and that'll be it. Cause they, as of right now, they can't get me back. Right. That's it. I'm there. I'm going to die on Mars. Right. But then he was talking about some other crazy shit about he goes he was kind of explaining like the science of the effects of like the gravity difference between Earth and Mars and because there's obviously a gravity difference between Earth and the Moon and it's even more dramatic on Mars. He was saying like let's say we do set up a colony and it's like a couple generations from now you could potentially run into a situation where there are Martian-born humans who physiologically look tremendously different from earthborn humans because of the lack of gravity as they grow. So if a human being grow, like born and growing up on earth versus a human being yeah, average versus being born and growing up on Mars, the lack of gravity might be significantly taller, might have different facial features, their eyes and their ears, all that kind of stuff might function differently due to the different effects of light and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, holy, f I never thought about that. Yeah. But like, think about if we, if we expand into the solar system and start colonizing all these different planets, the people born and raised on these different planets, like, like let's say however many years into the future this may be, we're not all going to look the same. Human beings, we're all going to be human, but right. like Martian-born humans would look different than Neptune-born humans right. and all that kind of, it's like, Really crazy to think about how like, like fish people. And yeah, how like physiologically our bodies would change. And that's just evolution, but I right? Think, like the effects of your environment are going to change how your physiology actually looks and functions. I also think that's one of the big 
issues with like you got to establish an atmosphere right because if you yeah. establish an atmosphere the gravity i think the gravity will become stronger like it Earth's. would it would affect it for sure i don't know the, the numbers obviously and i don't think you can know the numbers until you were to establish that right. atmosphere but yeah it becomes one of those first we got to make sure you could live there but then mm-hmm. yeah what's it gonna do because because i think when they go into space they lose like 90 percent of their muscle mass mm-hmm. and, and that's why it's really important weightless. yeah it's really important they make those people on the international space station work out and, they run on treadmills right. they lift weights because mm-hmm. if you don't do that re-entering back into earth's gravity like really fucks you right. up it does like severely but, affects but so, your health so it becomes i mean like i'll use the martian and i've heard people be like that's a terrible space movie just because of the reality of it but it's like having the aries is what they call it in that in that movie having something like that where you have like the gravitational systems on your spacecraft that is moving people back and forth from Mars to earth. We almost need to develop something like that before we try to get to Mars. Yeah. Because imagine being weightless for six months in a small capsule or something. And then all of a sudden getting hit with gravity. Right. You get hit with gravity and they're like, you need to unload all of this gear Mm -hmm. on Mars. And you're like, well, wait a second. I'm not physical. I can't even stand up very good. Now you want me to do all of this hard labor? Well, and I think it really affects even like the way your blood flows through your veins in weightlessness versus in gravity. So it's like you're at danger of having heart attacks and strokes and stuff like that if you're not at least applying some sort of gravitational pressure to your body on the journey there. Again, it goes back to what I was just talking about earlier of like, we're almost limited by the physiology of human beings. Right. If we were made stronger and more resilient, it, this would be a lot of but, but think of like easier. going back to the ocean same thing though like we're limited our body can only take yeah. so much before i mean like that's just diving right you can only go so yeah. deep before your brain's just like well i mean shit you can only go like what 15 feet for your ears start popping and right. shit it's like yeah. not yeah. even the that pressure far is so <laughs> like, right. yeah. yeah but it's like and at the same time you go why is why, like we're, we're just such a complex race that you got to think to to live on mars and to to colonate the moon or colonate is colonate a word? I don't think so. Colonize. I think you, I think you're colonize. combining colonize, colonize and pollinate. <laughs> We're gonna colonate. So two people are you know gonna on the moon. Imagine being the first person in history to fuck on the moon. Yeah, that'd be dope, dude. Your OnlyFans account just go <laughs> you, streaming OnlyFans from the moon, dude. Oh my goodness, zero gravity, fucking bitches. <laughs> Moonly fans, you're like baby. boom, Moonly fans. <laughs> You're like boom, then you're like got to jump thirty feet to like. We might have just we might have just come up with a really brilliant idea. Yeah, we're gonna copyright this. I will send a copy of this podcast to my lawyers. Yeah, Um, (laughs) if anyone steals that idea, established. So if you steal this idea, (laughs) you will be sued. Well, that's kind of the crazy. I mean, going kind of reverting back to everything we were talking about. That going back to Artemis three, right? So obviously, Artemis one is to get an understanding of where we need to go. Artemis 2 is to do the same mission as Artemis 1 with just actual humans. And then Artemis 3 is supposed to supposedly land humans on the moon and create kind of what we talked about, a lunar gateway, I guess you could call it, right? It would be the gateway moving to Mars. So, like, that is a very interesting... When I first read about the Artemis program, that was not what I was anticipating reading. I, yeah. I was not anticipating we are going to land on moon and create like a 
gateway, like a jump point. Almost. Yeah, like a yeah. jump point or like a like a military base, if you will. Right, it's just yeah. it's or a, a deep space, space station. Base. It's a deep yeah. space station where they're like, this will be your, you right. know, you go from Earth to the Moon, Moon to the wherever yeah. you go, which I think is a very fascinating idea. Super fascinating. The logistics of it, though, like that's very, that's very compelling <laughs> so, to think about. I was going to ask you about that because. And I don't know how much you guys know about how the International Space Station was built, but like... With pieces. Well, yeah. Very carefully. <laughs> very carefully. My grandpa used to say that to me all the time. And I'd be like, how'd they do that? I'd be like, very carefully. Like, <laughs> okay. Thanks for the answer. Um, but like, how did they construct the International Space Station? Was I mean, when I say pieces, that's like legit how they built it. Like, so, they started with one area, right? But they made it adaptable on whatever size they wanted to expand on. It's like Legos. And then... You yeah, launched, kind of. It seems like you launched a piece up, right? So, so whatever the main piece was, they I guess probably that's, launched it up first. That's got what it I was into asking. Orbit so. into position, and then over the years they've been like, We're, we need to add on this, right? So or, they're building it down here and then launching it up piece by piece. Right. Is that how that? So, yeah. so you would you would build like a, um, you know, maybe something at the size of this room, right? And it's just yeah. as as small as like a storage room up there or whatever. And they're like, okay, we built it. We put it on a rocket. Now it's time to have the space station intercept it. And then they attach it to the space station because it's growing tremendously right, right. from like the first stages of it, even though now we're going to get rid of it. God, that's crazy to think about because if they do that for like this lunar landing well, cause that, thing, that's like, what I was asking. God, that's so far. I mean, think about it's, it. We got to the moon with these but we didn't even go on to we didn't land on the moon we just flew around the moon yeah so it took what 12 days i think for us to pass the moon yeah so if you're going piece by piece to build this um, but that's where thing, that's where the the rocket technology becomes more of the concern is it's like right. do you use one rocket every time or do you recycle it yeah you know like you launch it and then it lands and we're able to reuse it without issues or is it we launch it and we already got to build a new one to send part two up? Well, and that lunar, I, what do they call it? What's the name of that I, lunar like station they're going to they, build? So right here it says the gateway. The That's, gateway. Yep. So the lunar gateway, is that going to be physically on the lunar surface or is it like orbiting the moon kind of like the International Space Station orbits the Earth? See, I'm not. That part of it I was a little yeah, hazy on. I didn't know I'm exactly sure how they that. were playing. Because the way I was almost reading it in one of the articles was like it's going to orbit the moon kind of like the International Space right, Station. Oh, okay. And like we would dock there or not we, but the astronauts would dock there and then go from there to the surface. Maybe and, that's and what up, it is. Like then. Back and forth. Yeah, maybe that's what I, I picture – I just picture like a like a base on a the base moon, on the moon, right? yeah. Like Which just, we'll probably have that at some point, right? Too, I just picture that. But it becomes but, like I don't know how how the moon rock is, but how are you going to anchor anything in there, right? Like, yeah. is it truly just moon dust? Like, is yeah, there rock, like know. is it solid Earth? I don't know, I mean, man. It's probably like moonfall. It's probably it's just a fucking. Like, it's an it's alien a, it's machine. A, it's an alien machine. Have you, you seen that imagine? movie, by the way? No. Worst it's, movie ever. It's ludicrous. <laughs> it's ludicrous. Isn't that the one that just came out? Yeah, yeah. it came out earlier this I'm, year. I've seen the previews for it. It's the most insane plot you, you've ever heard. Wait, yeah. I mean, you might as well go down to the Mariana Trench and wake Godzilla up to. It's basically like the, the space equivalent of that. It's yeah. even more ridiculous. It's like as you go in thinking that movie's going to be one thing, and you're like, "What the, the fuck? fuck? They're doing this with this movie? Yep. This is the explanation." Uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I think it would be easier. I don't think any of this is easy, but I think it'd be easier to build a space station that goes around 
I the think moon. that's what their plan is. That's kind of what I was reading. Because, like I said, they, how do you anchor something on a place where there's practically zero gravity? Well, they're going to have to at some point if they want to build some sort of a quote-unquote colony on the moon. They're going to have to anchor right. something to the ground. But then again, it comes down to now we've got to get into international law because I don't think you can colonize the moon as one nation cannot claim. Well, oh, we, well, we planted a fucking flag up there in the 60s. I know that much. Well, this is that flag still there, are. by the way? I think it should so. be, right? What else? Yeah. I mean, unless a meteor hit it, there's yeah. nothing else that would do anything. See, to that's it. a whole other side of all of this that hasn't been discussed yet. Like, yes, we talk about the science and the and all that. We haven't even gotten to the political side of things. Like, oh my God, what yeah. it could, what kind of nightmare it's going to cause between nation and nation and nation, I mean, right? I, I guess the encouraging part is... NASA, along with all these private U.S. companies, is working mm-hmm. directly in correlation with the European with, Space right. Agency for the, these missions. Right. So the only other from the jump, the Asia, yeah, but like, I think from the Japan jump, is also involved. There's some there's some international cooperation happening right. here, which is encouraging. Well, you right. got to think like going to the. I mean, people are like, you know. We have the Space Force now, right? Which yeah. people are like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, is it though? Like, well, I mean, if we're doing this... If we have the capability to attack people from space and they have nothing to stop us, like... Well, and I like, think... like, hey, there's an aircraft carrier off the coast. I'm like, yeah, they also just launched six jets from space. Like, what yeah. do you want us to fucking do? I also think that one of the purposes for that is to eventually, going back to that whole Graham Hancock, Randall Carlson discussion, is to eventually have the capability to redirect asteroids that will be right. on a earth trajectory to to yeah. crash into us right which if you think about it like that vaults our civilization into a whole other level if we're able to physically manipulate space matter to eliminate potential there, earth there will be one, civilization though. ending asteroids that's a, that's an immense amount of power and technology that yeah. we have that's but pretty imagine amazing. it goes wrong they're like yeah we think it's gonna miss the earth and but we're gonna try and shoot it off course more and they hit it the wrong side and they're like <laughs> so uh that's we just cool redirected thing. it right at that's earth. the cool thing about the way that space works with like the gravitational pulls and all that is a lot of times like let's say it's the movie armageddon and there's like some asteroid the size of texas heading straight for earth if they're able to nudge it slightly in one direction that sometimes that's all that would be needed and it would end up miles and miles and miles like thousands of miles off it's of just earth's four trajectory miles. Imagine, so be like imagine it, an ap- or like an asteroid though that gets into earth's atmosphere but like doesn't fully like it just like cuts through like you're outside and you just see this like asteroid just like it's like just graze across by, the horizon basically. you're like even that would be dangerous because probably chunks would come off of it and still. Well, I'm, oh, sure yeah. it, I'm sure it'd throw off our gravitational. Pull, probably would if it was right? that big. If it was that big, it, yeah. would, it would disrupt the moon to the earth and yeah. the earth to the sun. It would probably fuck some shit up. I mean, it might not wipe everything out, but it would definitely fuck some things mm-hmm. up down here. Might clear some some stuff up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if you think about it, I mean, even just the, so the moon, the moon's gravity and its pull on the earth affects the way the, the, tides. Uh, the tides happen. So, like, if any of that gets any, even, like, slightly out of whack, that probably causes tsunamis you, and all kinds of crazy shit. Have you ever shit, thought you know about, I mean? you know how, like, the Earth tilts on its, the axis? Yeah. You know, like, right now we're further from the sun, so it's colder. Yeah. What if we tilted just a degree more? Like, what happens? You know, it becomes one of those things, like, right. like how do we become that? unstable? Yeah. Just, like, I you know, I live in this room, or, you know, this house right here, and it's never moved. But in reality, we're spinning in a fucking circle every day, constantly, and yet we're not spinning. Like if you think about it, it's really weird. We're standing upright, right? Yeah. But to be upright, really, all we have to do is lay on the floor. 
That's true. Because we're was, not upright. We're, we're sticking out. I yeah. was reading that. Like, <laughs> it's so weird to think about. I was reading that actually yesterday. I was looking into all this stuff. The earth spins at like 989 miles an hour or something. Yeah. So like you're doing this almost a thousand miles an hour, but yet none of us can feel that. We don't feel, feel that. it. We don't yeah. feel because it's of so gravity. Massive. Water doesn't move. Right. Because yeah. of gravity. It's just it's Gravity so and the mass But then imagine the you take gravity away. It's like... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I wonder how far you could get thrown. <laughs> I don't know. Like gravity just, I mean, we'd all be dead. Like, Well, there was, I never really thought about this until, have you guys ever seen the movie Ex Machina? Mm-mm. There's like a real quick, That's that movie's about artificial intelligence, which I won't get into because I'll go on in like a whole two hour thing about AI. But there's this, there's like a quick throwaway line in that movie where like the, the AI scientist, the big brainiac guy is all fucked up. He's like faded. And the one dude is trying to help him to his room, and he gets up, and he's, like, stumbling around. You know how when you're really, really drunk, your equilibrium's all fucked up, the room's spinning? And he says, like, this little throwaway line that just kind of made me start thinking about what we were just talking about, where he's like, he's like, oh, man, feels like the room's spinning. And then he goes, of course, everything is spinning. It's just now I feel it. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's right. Like, everything is yeah. always spinning all the right. time. We just, just don't, don't feel it. it. Right. Which is like the weirdest concept to think about. Like it doesn't right. make a, a lot of sense when you so, like. So you really know, like start those, thinking those about rides them? that spin really fast, and people like try and stand up on them, yeah, right? Yeah. And they just using like the force of and the the movement. If you think about it, you're walking on an you know you're walking on a ball right now. Yeah, and we're like, we're all on a roller coaster going really fast yeah. all day long every day. Yep. And then if it stops, you know we might literally land in the Pacific Ocean if it stops. <laughs> <laughs> what would that even look like? I wonder. I mean, we don't. It'd be instant death. I feel like. I mean, imagine yeah. you survive that though. You like get up and you're like looking around and you're like in China. You're like, the <laughs> fuck did I get here? It'd be like that. Would be like getting sucked up into the world's most horrific tornado. It just throws fucking everything everywhere. Right. Oh, that'd be. Terrible. Could you imagine everything on Earth shifts though? Like everything lands perfectly. Like we land and we like look outside and we're in like a tropical rainforest and we're like the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> And everyone's like peeking outside. They're like, dude, I will. Shit. I will say one thing, like looking up all this info and kind of talking about these Artemis missions that you guys has like kind of reignited my fascination with space. Cause I used to be really, really into it and like fascinated and looking up stuff all the time. And then I kind of got away from it for a while. But anytime I dive into topics like this, I'm like, fuck space is so cool. And it's right. so fascinating to me. It's just so hard to get like super into because in reality, well, none of us here will ever get to explore it. Well, and I think one of the things that's a little bit of a barrier to entry is like you kind of have to be insanely smart to, to just Understand. even scratch the surface of right. any of these concepts because they're really big, hefty, lofty right. concepts. So, so when to they come out with head. a movie like The Martian or Interstellar, and people are like, "That's not real." Shut up! It's like how do it's you know? It's my reality because. I'm not smart enough to understand how to live right. on Mars. Yeah, it's like so. It's my fucking reality. I mean, I'm not an astrophysicist, so I mean, what am I gonna? Mm-hmm. You know what I need to check out? You said the latest Neil deGrasse Tyson episode for yeah. Joe Rogan was really interesting. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. I, I like listening to that guy because he dumbs it down to like where normal people can understand yeah, it, and he's just got the voice for it. Like, yeah, you just listen and you're like, yeah. okay, that's clearly Neil deGrasse Tyson. But right, right. Th- like I said, that if if you have not listened to that podcast definitely give that one a okay, listen. I'm going to check it out for sure. The the first like 30 minutes is very interesting and then the last like 30 minutes is really interesting yeah. as well. The I'm middle sure. it, the middle they talk about a lot of cool subjects but yeah. 
Neil deGrasse Tyson is obviously the astrophysicist, and he talks about that type of stuff the yeah. first half hour and the, like the last half hour. Okay, I've Everything heard that he's else. been wrong on a lot of things, though. I don't know like the stuff I, behind yeah. it. Cause I don't dive into that, but yeah. I think I there's he's a been lot of on a lot of there's a lot of pushback on some of his stuff and i think a lot of people have been saying recently of course like i don't know how these sorts of rumors get started because it's like how many people really meet neil degrasse tyson on a daily basis but it's like i guess he's there's a lot of things about his character i don't know about him as like an actual scientist i don't know whether or not he's accurate i mean they all steal each other's work but like uh, there's a lot of things that have been pointed out about his character and kind of like him being kind of like a vain kind of like he he really relishes in the fame of his position and all that kind of stuff which i don't know how true any of that is but that's there's some sort of of course i mean fuck man any person in any topic there's some group of people out there who are like we're against this for some reason so it's like i don't know you know i like flat earthers yeah like i like neil degrasse tyson he's never given me a reason to be like fuck this guy but apparently he looked looked at me weird one day and i was like yeah well like that's the thing is like how how much of this you know, hearsay shit from people is just, you know, people making up rumors. Well, you got to think like in the science industry, you know, like if one person, you know, talks on one thing, someone that feels they know something more, they're like, well, actually, and you're like, well, actually shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, so we're now supposed to like just discount everything this guy says because he made one statement about one subject that may or may not have been accurate like yeah dude he's not a biologist like, i don't know he's an astrophysicist yeah. he's not a biologist all right? anyway i like i like neil degrasse tyson yeah, so, and i think he's he's doing a really i think the service he's providing to humanity is really cool because he's taking really big complicated ideas and dumbing them down so that the normal layman person like us so that can, understand. Right. can understand yeah science. pretty much yeah yeah so, but yeah, that's that was pretty much all of my understanding of Artemis. Yeah, I was going to say, so. I think we've kind of, I mean, we could go through like some of the, the concrete like data and numbers about like what's going on in the Artemis missions, but I don't think we're, we're going to know until they land back yeah. on Earth and they like yeah. dissect yeah. the numbers. I guess that is like, something we should say for the listeners is, you know, I, I highly encourage you guys to look up these Artemis missions and do your own reading about it, but coming up December 11th which is not this Sunday but next Sunday at for 10 us a.m. 10 at 10 a.m. it's supposed to splash, splash down, down in the Pacific near yep. San Diego right so we'll know I yep. guess once that thing lands and they start releasing publicizing information about how the mission went how all this well, went, and you so. gotta think if they want to get stuff rolling by 2024 to put you know man on the moon more or less yeah this information is gonna have to be digested very quickly it's pretty crucial yeah, yeah. You, you you gotta imagine they're gonna be as soon as that thing hits i mean you know that they're, they're already start they're, they're already getting this information right already, yeah so yeah, they're already yeah. processing but it's like but i think the, like we said at the beginning some of the crucial information is going to be this landing aspect mm-hmm. coming through the atmosphere landing like right if we can stick that landing things look pretty good but if we can't let's if something goes the wrong let's float the landing let's float yeah. the landing, yeah. Float yeah. The landing and, the and make Making yeah. sure that you know again a lot of those test dummies and Snoopy, right, their, right, their right. sensors are good to go too. Yeah. Right? So I guess you know best of luck to all the the NASA engineers and everyone who's working on it, and the the dad of your yeah, the kids, your yeah. Gym, best of luck to him, and hopefully everything's going dude, well. You know how terrifying that'd be to be like some like in The Martian when JPL, you know, they rushed through, skipped all that shit, and you're like, you know, you're so proud that you see a rocket, and all of a sudden it just blows up, and you're like, fuck. 
Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, was it my fault? Did I miss a calculation on the jet fuel or did right. I miss a calculation on what wire to use? Yeah, like, or some sort of component did, failed. Did or... my breaker fucking, you know, fault? Like, what oh went wrong? And then... Talk about the high. I mean, you think you get stressed out at work now. Imagine that being your job. Oh, God. I couldn't imagine, man. Like on launch day or, mm-hmm. or, or re-entry day? Or whatever. someone's like, we have a no-go. And they're like, we have go for launch. And yeah. someone's like, we have no-go. And you're like, we already hit launch. It's too late. Button God. got pushed. Yeah. Like, I, we don't have an abort button now. They're like, no, nah, I don't know. Somebody got fired. I imagine there's probably a lot of <laughs> lot of sleepless nights, a lot of, oh, yeah. a lot of coffee. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it's got to be better than it was like in the 60s back then. They're literally like, as soon as we fucking do this, we're fucked. Well, and if it, something goes wrong, we're. we're yeah. We're, it, it, it makes what we spot. did in the 60s more incredible because, especially when we were talking about, you know, when you brought up the. The little like mannequins, if you will, that they're sticking in the cockpit of these Artemis missions to mm-hmm. get all this data. Like, imagine the first time they built these spacesuits and they were telling these astronauts, like, well, we're pretty sure this should protect you from space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't really know, but we're we pretty won't sure. know till you're in space. And those guys are just like, all right. I mean, f- that's more of a gamble well, than I'm willing to take. Think about this but. too, right? There was, if you've ever, if you've never been to the Kennedy Space Station in Florida, I suggest you go. I want to go it's so a really bad. Cool it is cool. Thing. Ben, yeah, I want to go um, so bad. But it's like, you know, their atm- atmospheres, dear Lord. There were astronauts that died on the launch pad, right? Because yeah. they got trapped in a fire and killed them because they couldn't get the hatch open. Yeah. There's astronauts that blew up on like, you know, the Challenger space shuttle, which was different than some of the other ones that they blew up, you know. But now we have like SpaceX comes out with the rocket where they're like, we have like four different ab- abort you know, points like protocols. Built if you in, need yeah. to abort, you know, the engine's rattling or something and you think it might explode and you can hit abort. You know, I think it's like one of them obviously is in the Atlantic off of Florida. If they're launching from there, I think the last one was like over Ireland. So if they hit abort, they would land in Ireland oh, interesting. or like, you know, the English mm. channel or something over there. But it's like, so you mean like there's points during the launch, during the launch stage, where they can say, ah, they, we need to pull the plug on right, this. where they're mm-hmm. like, or yeah. they're like, hey, we're getting a really bad reading on yeah. you know your trajectory. You need to abort. There's like certain, there's like a point where they're like, if you get past this though, it's you the danger of the yeah. the launch goes you know away more or right. less, and they're like, you can safely make it in and out. Like now we're good. We're right. through the roughest part. But of it, it's yeah. like to think that it used to be as soon as <laughs> they close the hatch, they're like. Good luck. Yeah. We'll hopefully dude. see you in three weeks. And all of a sudden now Fuck, it's like, man. yeah, if you don't want to go anymore, just hit the button. Hmm. And you're like, yeah, so, I want to visit Ireland. <clears throat> Let's think about this for a second. Like how primitive we look back on. The, I mean, relatively primitive. We look back on the technology they used for the first like lunar landing missions in the 60s. What do you what do you think if let's let's you know knock on wood and say we haven't nuked each other or gotten you know hit by an asteroid in the next sixty years? What do you think the human beings who are doing space travel in sixty years are going to look back and think about the rockets we use today? They're probably going to be like, man, I can't believe they fucking trusted those spacesuits, and I can't believe <laughs> the Artemis one. Oh my god, that was so ancient. Like it's yeah. probably going to look. I mean, because I mean the like they say. Your like a, the standard iPhone has more computing power than all of the computers used to put a man on the moon on the first missions, and that was like rooms full of servers and, right. and computers and shit like that. So it's like that's how far the technology has come since we last tried this type of stuff. Think about another sixty years from now, how advanced I mean, it's going to be. You have to the way I would look at it, and I won't get into it because it'll turn into a really bad conversation. But you have to look at 
the people that will be involved in moving this forward. And I don't think the generations that are currently growing up are going to be able to be smart enough to excel and <laughs> move just, the space program You're forward. just discounting an entire generation's intelligence. I, I think that... Bold hot take I, from Matt yeah. today. I think, I think... I mean, there's people that can succeed, obviously, but the majority of these generations growing up right Matt's, now, I might like, you know, we might, might just stop there. Like, that's that, why they're trying to get this done by 2025. I think we should end the podcast there. That's the hottest take I've heard that, in my entire life that was a pretty hot Matt, I'm just like the entire Tell generation us behind us feel. is fucking retarded and they're not going to be able to get us <laughs> i didn't say that that's basically what i just saying. said that they're they're eating tide pods and i think you know <laughs> space travels a little bit a bit of a reach they, they need to learn how to make a salad or something first oh boy instead of eating a tide pod all right let's rein it in that could we could be going down a dark that's why i said it would lead to a bad conversation but it's like you got to think the evolution of humans, right? Back then, the people that did this shit, they had to be book smart. They had to be good with math and numbers and everything. Now we rely so much on technology that if you fuck up the littlest calculation on your computer, but the computer goes, it's all right, and it goes through, you're fucked. I just look, the reason why I was asking the question is I just look at it of like, Technological advancement seems to be growing almost at an exponential pace in the last I mean, hundred years or so. Look at it like war, right? So, like, I think in the next sixty years, it's going to look so much drastically different than it yeah. does now. Same thing compared to twenty twenty two versus nineteen sixty five or right. whatever. Right. But I mean, at some point, we will hit a plateau on our advancement until you know another little thing comes along to where it can spike us up. I don't know. I don't like, think we'll, we will. We'll slow. I, I think. The people we got coming up the pipes, well, I think we're going to slow it down a little. Well, bit. maybe to you know to dissuade your argument is maybe we just create AI eventually, and then they just take over. AI takes over, and we'll keep advancing, I mean, we'll, but it we'll won't. It won't. It won't need any human interference at that point. They'll be like, "Yeah, you guys are stupid, but it's okay. We got it from here." So, <laughs> so it'll be like, um, oh, what's that movie? Idiocracy is that what it's called? Oh yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. Great, welcome to Costco. I yeah. love you. <laughs> That's a funny. Go movie. away, I'm biting. <laughs> that movie is what I see, you know, happening in sixty years. I'll put it that way. Okay, so you have a negative outlook to say the least. What about you, Caleb? I mean, I'll probably be dead in sixty years. So <laughs> yeah, I, let's be I, real. Well, I kind of take both takes. I think to Matt's point, I think that there might be a chance that we do hit a a technological advancement plateau hmm. within the next 60 years. I don't know if we'll hit that point, but I do feel as if there will be a plateau. And I mean, yes, to what you were saying about the iPhone and how this has more computing power than all of the computers who put man on the moon back then, we're still using the same foundation of the same technology as what we did back in the sixties, like the same design, if you will, the same technology to boost us up into space. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The same kind of... We're just reusing it. We're just... Exactly. So it's like, if we've continued to do that, where's the growth from there? Like over the next 60 years, I, I think that there will be growth to exponentially explode us into the next, you know, big realm of possibilities. But it's taken us 60 years using the same type of, you know, mechanical engineering, if you will, or just any kind of engineering to get us to back where we're at right now. Like, we haven't been yeah, on I mean, the moon since we were 60, so now we're going back to the moon, and it's taken us still a couple years to do that. I so. mean, you got to think, too, it's 
if it works, you know, don't break it, right? Why reinvent the wheel? The wheel's been around for thousands of years and no one's been here like, well, we're going to reinvent it. They're like, no, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to update it. We're going to make it, you know, aluminum or alloy or, and then we're going to put these big rubber tires on it to give you traction, right? Like it's been upgrades, but the wheel has literally been the wheel since it was created. Right. And it's like, no one's tried to change it. I mean, I'm sure someone out there tried to make it a square and then you like went along like that but it's like no one's tried to change it like tank tracks well i'm, I think I'm assuming so, like stuff like that's the exact same so like caleb said the foundation get, okay but i won't think, change i think technologically it will dramatically i think what you guys are talking about is more of like the limits of actual physics and like no. mechanical engineering no 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 we're talking about like, you're saying like, you're using the same building blocks right that but way. Like, like we but still what, launch rockets into space the same way we did right basically. but Just it's using the technology. same tech but it's using the same technology that's been upgraded like caleb said it's we're using the exact same maybe not i mean not the exact same but the the build of the rocket looks nearly identical to the apollo missions from the 60s like it's the exact same technology just updated like you know, you upgraded a little bit here and there. We've gotten smarter, more efficient, right? right? Yeah. To make We've become efficient. more efficient, but we yeah. haven't changed the way we go about getting to space. Okay, but well, I, that's isn't that what I was just saying, though. So, like the method by which we travel. Well, you were to saying space. that we think the physics won't change, but we're saying the technology that is being used to propel the pe- the astronauts into space is the exact same as it was back in the '60s. We haven't changed and upgraded the technology to put people in space. We've upgraded what's around them to get them into space, but we haven't necessarily changed the true technology of how to get people from point A to point B. That's uh, not physics or anything. That's I disagree, but <clears throat> I that's see, I kinda, you I don't see know what you're how, saying. But like think of a car, right? When they were built in what, the twenties or I think earlier? you guys are haters. I think that's what I think. The car no, has an engine which it. turns that's, wheels. You're buying put options them. on future human space travel. No, I think you I'm buying I've, call options. I think you want I'm bullish. You guys are bearish. <laughs> you want, you're sitting here going, <laughs> I'm I I'm confused. You know, the, <laughs> Look at a car, right? We'll flip to a car. When they were built, there's an axle or two axles, you know, with wheels and an engine that moves one of them and it propels the car. Nothing's changed with the way a car works. What is around it changes and sure well, what until certain, electric vehicles. But it's the same concept. There is four wheels. Total that different propulsion propel. method though. Right. But that's the thing though. Nothing's changed from space. We don't use an electric battery to But you don't think any space. my question was, do you not think that's gonna change in the next sixty to a hundred years? Well, like Caleb said, it's been sixty years since we started this and nothing's really changed. So what's necessary I mean, why change it if it if it works? I feel like we're getting really bogged down in like a weird. No, I think here. you're not opening up your mind to the fact. That I'm, my mind's open. You guys are changed. like, nah, we're not advancing at all. Fuck humans. We're not going to travel into hey, space. Don't any bring further. my ass into this. <laughs> I'm confused. He's the one that's making all these arguments. I can see both perspectives of it. I I think that yes, we are going to see a lot of technological advancements. Yeah. Do I think that's going to happen in the next sixty years? I'm not sure. That's that's my I mean, take on. I it. guess. Where I was going with that is like I look at, okay, the computers that were designed to make all the calculations to get us into space the first time used to take up rooms and rooms and rooms full of servers to, to come up with those calculations. Now we have it in the palm of our hand, right? Right. That's a pretty dramatic change in technology in 60 years. Oh, yeah. 
So that's what I was so getting I at. Think like, you what question, are we? I think you you framed the question wrong. You were like space travel. So the traveling part is the rockets. That that's the travel. Yeah, but like part. I mean, the technology on the rockets has also dramatically become way better in the okay, last six well, years. Right, but okay, like, so so here we go. I get I get what you're saying now. Okay, now I now yeah. I understand what you're saying because it goes back to like what we talked about earlier. Back in the '60s, they had a million buttons in the actual shuttle to yeah. for all the people to control. Whereas, like, one of my gymnast dads told me that they could virtually do this with zero mechanical control. Yeah. It's all interface-based. Right. That's the technological advancement yeah. that you're talking so about. So, remarkable change. Remarkable change. So, yes, I do think in that regard, I do think that eventually, like, planes. Planes can fly themselves now, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, 60, 100 years ago, you couldn't do that. You had to have a pilot. Dude, imagine being a pilot and, back then. And, like what we were talking about earlier, the SpaceX rockets are now right. able to like able land to, we were able to right. recycle so, so that materials would be, that would be a technological change and as far as right. the travel in my opinion goes yes all of the technology inside of the capsule is important but at the end of the day is it really important because someone back home could do it so that doesn't change the way that the rocket functions in my opinion because but it's one of those now landing a booster by itself all right, that is a different change because we've never been able to do that before. See, and that's what I mean. That's been in like really recent years we've been able to develop that technology. So right. like also, how much more is that going well, to change in the next 60 point, years? I think now that we do have the technology we do now, I think that's going to bounce us up into even further stuff because yeah. we have the backing, right? Yeah. So I think to your point, yes, I do agree with you. But because what Matt was saying, I do also think that there will be certain limitations within the next 60 years that we may not yeah. see in our lifetime. But I do think he that agrees we'll that the generations below us are stupid. I, I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> Matt's on that. hottest <laughs> take of the century, dude. That was the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. That was great. That was awesome. Hey, I'm not the one eating Tide Pods. <laughs> Okay, also not every member of that generation is eating Tide Pods. I said there would be a few, but you've <laughs> got to get a mass behind them to propel them forward. I I'm could, not making I could, any further I, comments. I could dive really deep into I do, this. I would just like, like to let any of the lawyers know who are listening to this recording in a future deposition case that uh, Matt's comments and his thoughts and perspectives are his free, alone. It's a free fucking country. <laughs> if you don't like what I said, then don't listen. It's a free fucking country, huh? Go eat your Tide Pod. Maybe have two. Anyway. Anyway. Good conversation. Yeah. Like, this is good. You probably got to get no. going, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've got to run. But okay. uh, no, it's been great, guys. That, that was fun. Yeah, this is fun. This is interesting stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk about the future generation in 60 years. Matt's like, when you when you guys leave, I'm going to start a new episode where I'm going to rant on the future generations. <laughs> and I'm going to go for quite some time. Like, okay. All right. You post that to your separate podcast. No, no, no. It's going front page. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm deleting this episode right now. Well, this is this one's going up. It's important. All right. Well, since we got to wrap up here, I would just like to say, Caleb, thanks for being a guest yep. again. Thanks for coming on here. And this was all your idea, too. So Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks guys. for the Appreciate topic that. discussion. Yeah, that Very was interesting fun. shit. So, yeah, just continue to keep an eye out for... Uh, Maybe December we'll do, um, 11th. And if you're, yeah, if you're down, we, we'll do another, uh, like a quick follow up to this yeah. after December 11th. And maybe if you get a chance to talk to that guy too, yeah. once the 
once the um, shuttle actually lands, see yeah. like if he gives you any updates. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what he's allowed I'll, to share. Yeah, versus, I'll pick his brain yeah. on some. And stuff. if it doesn't land, he'll be like, "Well, so we're back to square one." Yeah, right. yeah. Because I'd like to do kind of a, a quick follow up to this and see like what they learned, and because I'm sure they're going to publish some of that material of like, here's what we learned from the missions and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So that'd be really fun to dissect some of that stuff that's not confidential. Too. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, that they're like, yeah. So on reentry, everyone would die. <laughs> right. Our little mannequins, totally incinerated. <laughs> Slight little, problem. Our little mannequins don't exist. <laughs> the sensors all burnt, so. There was a Snoopy, not but, anymore. But, yeah. <laughs> Snoopy is no we longer. We saw Snoopy's nose, but that was about it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think we're good. But yeah, take a look at the Artemis missions, and um, yeah, we'll be back. I think actually Zach and I are going to do an episode next Sunday, a live oh, yeah. watch through of the Broncos-Chiefs game. Um, if you want to come over and do yeah, part of that, by the way. If you want to come over. And All right, we've. I'll be. I'll be busy next Sunday. Okay. Because okay. they got booted from the. It's from at two twenty five. Yeah, I they believe. got they got booted from prime time. Thank God. Because oh, they suck so yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be part of what we talk about on the <laughs> yeah. episode. So, yeah. T- yeah next we'll, next we'll, episode will be a bashing of the Broncos, and it'll yeah. be a live. And we're gonna. It'll be sh- streamed live on. Um, you know, we could probably stream live on Twitch. Mm-hmm. To do that at, you know, the Just Browsing Podcast, as well as our Podbean page, where I'm going to do the live recording on there. So um, it'll be like a radio show. Yeah. Um, so for that one, if anyone wants to listen, listen along. along while we're doing that, that'll be what day? What <laughs> It'll be a week from tomorrow. Well, Sunday people the 11th. listening need to know what date that is. <laughs> Sunday the 11th at okay. like 205 Mountain Time. Yeah. There you go. Broncos versus who? <laughs> Chiefs. Oh boy! Oh yeah. So this you're gonna hear, you're, gonna, you're gonna hear a lot of uh, shit talking of the donkeys because be they're fun. fucking terrible. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's coming up soon yep. on the Just Browsing next feed. Week. So, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We'll yep. talk to you guys next time. In the meantime, Google the Artemis missions and learn stuff and do stuff. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Until Goodbye. next time, everybody. See ya.